0: Amen. When we were on vacation this last week and walking around all the nooks and crannies of the various cities we were visiting, it was impossible not to notice the piles of fruits and vegetables at all the markets and all the stands around these cities. There is nothing like fresh fruit and vegetables that are around this time of year. It made me think as I was walking around about how I love when I'm home, when I go shopping, to pile high with corn and tomatoes and blueberries and everything else that's coming into season. I bring home this bounty and we put it into the refrigerator and inevitably, it does not come out the same way it goes in especially if we put it in the bottom drawer of the refrigerator way down low over the years sarah and i have come to call that drawer in all of the refrigerators we've owned as the rot drawer now these the 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 produce that goes in there doesn't rot on its own probably has something to do with the fact that we forget every now and then to look for a couple weeks uh, in that bottom drawer uh, before we pull things out again. Do you have a drawer like that in your refrigerator? You put things in, ripe, and they come out rotten. Of course, it doesn't take all that long, really, even if you pay attention to it and don't hide it away in your rot drawer. Nice, ripe, summer fruit has to be eaten quickly, or it is going to go bad. Amos, who we heard from this morning in the eighth chapter, Amos was someone who would have known this well. In that hot climate around Jerusalem, a basket of summer fruit might look good, might even taste good might seem good all around, but it was always on the verge of being rotten. This is the vision that God brings to Amos about a basket of summer fruit. And Amos is telling the Israelites to watch their step. Because God is watching, and God does not like what God sees just below the surface. Amos, on God's behalf, isn't calling people to account for being successful, which they were in Israel at his time, but for being unfaithful. For letting the abundance of God's grace leave their hearts and be replaced by something else, be re- replaced by something not right, something a little rotten. For letting the good things of life become the gods of their life. As people let their possessions take control of their lives, they begin to take advantage of those around them, to use people for their love of things instead of to use their things for the love of people. God seems worried in what God says through Amos that the unjust has taken over. And I wonder sometimes if God worries about that today. Our world at times can seem like a bad place, like a mad place, can be a sad place. Barbara Johnson, in her wonderfully entitled book, Splashes of Joy in the Cesspools of Life, it's a great title, writes, the rain may fall on the just and also the unjust, but chiefly on the just because the unjust steals the just's umbrella. Do you feel like that at times? At times our world can be, can seem as if it is spinning out of control and appear like the bad guys are winning. That there is a famine in the land, as Amos says in our scripture passage, not of bread or water, but of the hearing of the word of God. This was Amos's fear 2,500 or so years ago. And it's the fear of many people still today. The question for us is, how do we respond? That's what Amos wanted to know of the Israelites, of the people of God as they called themselves way back then. I think that's what God wonders for us. Will we join the crowd or will we listen for the loving and hopeful and faithful Word of God for our lives, not answering or not measuring our life's success by how much we have, by b- but we, what we do with what we have, both from an individual perspective and from a national perspective. This is the call of discipleship, isn't it? This is the call of stewardship. We have so much in our lives that is, uh, is competing For our attention, so many things that are taking up our time and our resources and our relationship with God becomes just one of the many things on our list, on our to-do list. Go to the bank, pick up the dry cleaning, listen to God's call in our life, balance the checkbook, mow the lawn, etc. We can't compartmentalize our faith in this way. It's not just one part of who we are. It is who we are. It needs to define all the compartments of our life, all the parts of our life. Our to-do list can't have on it answer God's call. Our to-do list has to be answer God's call. Everything on our to-do list should reflect in our life what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be a part of the people of God, what it means to be a faithful follower. Our faith is what our life needs to be about. Our faith life cannot be just one part of what we're about. Amos knew this, Jesus knew this, and we need to know it too. It's what centers us when life is filled with bad news whether that means close to home or far away. This life we lead is going to be filled with twists and turns, with ups and downs, with wins and losses, with tragedies and joys. You hear it every time we gather. As we raise up our voice in prayer. And We get through it all, balanced and whole, both the good and the bad, only when our faith is with us through it all. Living a faithful life is not a part-time job. That's what Amos wanted to get through to these people who were doing pretty well. That's what the prophets wanted to get through to those people when things weren't going well. It's a very consistent message. God is with you. Don't forget that when times are bad. God is with you. Remember what that means for you when times are good. Jesus knew, we hear in the story in the 12th chapter, I mean the 10th chapter of Luke, Jesus knew The activities and the noise of life that distract our attention and and clog our minds. We we see it all around him in the stories we read in the scriptures. Even with the people who are close to him, like Mary and Martha. And you have to love Martha. I love Martha. Keep busy. Keep active. kind of distract yourself potentially from the needs around you. Maybe from your own call itself, keep busy, keep active, but in doing so she's missing the gift of life itself. Now, as far as Jesus' own culture is concerned, Martha was doing exactly what was right. She knew Exactly what to do, how to serve an itinerant rabbi stopping by her house as Jesus was, how to treat guests with honor. She knew that her place, or believed that her place, should be back in the kitchen. The apostles themselves probably expected Jesus to rebuke Mary, she was the one who was breaking the rules. Not Martha. There she was sitting at the feet of Jesus, just as any student of a great rabbi might do. A woman was scandalous. And incredibly, Jesus even speaks to her and commends her for what she was doing. Jesus, like Amos, is good at shocking people back to God's reality, not the reality we want to build for ourselves. Jesus, like Amos, does not want us to lose our focus, to let spiritual rot creep into our lives, being engulfed by the insignificant or the unimportant or the unessential of our lives, or even being distracted. We're thrown into fear and trepidation by awful things that happen in our lives. Jesus came to set us free, free from the bondage of the past, free from the tyranny of public opinion, free from graceless, joyless patterns of behavior that keep us away from Christ's living presence in our lives, free from fear, free from terror. That's why Jesus came into this world, for people long ago but for you and I today so in the face of tragedy and in the face of celebration in the face of desperation and in the moments of hope in every moment of our life the good and the bad we can know we are never alone that we have a surrounding and protecting power poured into us in the blessings of the Holy Spirit in our life, God alive in you, to know that we can overcome, to know that we can take on tomorrow. Martha was encouraged to leave all this sort of stuff behind, and Mary was raised up for being able to do it, for exercising that freedom that Christ brings to our lives, the freedom to break with customs the freedom to break with acceptable practices of our life which are unacceptable in the eyes of God. The courage to choose to live a life of faith undeterred by the busyness that pulls us from Christ and the busyness of a routine that pulls us quickly into the tomorrow, forgetting Orlando, or forgetting Dallas, or forgetting France. Forgetting people who have died in the face of violence. Remembering what it means for us today, where we live, in our time, in our place, in our homes, in our church, in our neighborhoods. How are we an instrument of God's peace This day, this year, like every day and every year, each of us is going to be faced with choices about how we live our lives. Our church is faced with the choice and decision about how it will live out its calling. Those choices come when everything seems to be going wonderfully. Those choices come when everything seems not to be going our way. And through it all, as Amos reminds us, God will be watching. Through it all, Christ will be calling. Will we hear? Will we listen? In the midst of terror, For in the midst of joy, God will be watching. Christ will be calling. Will we listen? Will we hear? Will we feel the protective coating of the love of God around us? Empowering us, strengthening us to be the faithful and hopeful and joyful and loveful people God calls us to be. Amos wondered that. Maybe Jesus wondered that. Maybe we wonder that. Good good news is through it all, you're in the hands of God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come before you today and always feeling the heat at times. feeling uncomfortable at times, feeling unsure and uncertain at times of how to get ready for whatever tomorrow might bring. How do we prepare ourselves? Dear God, allow us to surround ourselves with like-minded and like-hearted and like-spirited people Allow us to surround ourselves with your promise, your power. Dear God, if there's anyone here this morning who's especially feeling the challenge in the midst of some really difficult time, they come with burdens, filling their hearts, allow them to feel today those burdens lifted. Allow them to feel a light in the midst of their day. Allow them to believe that you hold them and that you will guide them, that you know them. And we thank you for that promise, that good news of great joy. Pray all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's join together on. in our hymn on page 156 of the Red Hymnal. I love to tell the story. Please stand and join in sharing in that hymn.